Greetings and blessings, dear friends in the spirit. One, one, one is Eddie Luisi. Happy Hanukkah and happy first Sunday of Advent. I hope you had a really great week. I just got back from Kennedy Airport, woke up real early, drove my daughter Grace um, to Kennedy Airport so she could hop on a plane and go back to LA. She was here for the holidays. So miss you, love you already, honey. Um, safe travels. Um, came back home, had a little breakfast, and oh, I actually stopped in Astoria, Queens, uh, my hometown, and I went to Rose and Joe's to try to get some pizza to bring home. They didn't have any pizza there. <laughs> I was like, what's the deal? So I came home, had a little breakfast, and now I'm recording this video. It is 11.04 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, dated on Sunday, November 28th, Season 2, Episode 37. And the theme is A Reflection of the Light. Hmm. So since most people on this um, podcast listening are either of the Christian faith or in the spirituality, I'm not sure how many Jewish friends we have there. Um, so I'm going to, I said Happy Hanukkah, but I'm going to talk more about Advent and the light, the light of Christ within. This was received from Father Thomas Rosica. He was the National Director and CEO of World Youth Day 2002. And if you don't know what World Youth Days are or were, um, they're part of the Catholic faith and millions or, or at least one million um, youth, young adults from all around the world would gather and the Pope at the time would have like a three, four day um, gathering. And I was at World Youth Day, Denver, Colorado, I think, uh, many years ago. It was a great experience. Interesting. All right. So let's read from this. During this time of longing and waiting for the Lord, we are invited to pray and to ponder the word of God, but most of all to become a reflection of the light of Christ, indeed of Christ himself. We all know how difficult it is to mirror the light of Christ, especially when we have become disillusioned with life, accustomed to the shadowy existence of the world, or grown content with mediocrity and emptiness. Advent reminds us that we must be ready to meet the Lord at any and every moment of life. Just like a security alarm wakes up a homeowner, Advent wakes up Christians who are in danger of sleeping through their lives. Hmm. <laughs> I probably read this years ago, but that's an interesting thing. For what or for whom are we waiting in life? What virtues or gifts are we praying to receive this year? Do we long for healing and reconciliation in broken relationships? What meaning and understanding do we desire to have in the midst of our own darkness, sadness, and mystery? What qualities of Jesus are we seeking in our own lives this Advent? Many times the things, qualities, gifts, or people we await give us great insight into who we really are. Advent is a time for opening eyes, focusing views, paying attention, 
and keeping perspective on God's presence in the world. As we prepare for Christmas, allow me, that's Father Thomas, to suggest that you mend a quarrel, build peace, seek out a forgotten friend, dismiss suspicion and replace it with trust, write a love letter, share some treasure, give a kind answer even though you would like to respond harshly, encourage a young person to believe in him herself as we said last week, or they. Manifest your loyalty in word and deed. Keep a promise. Find the time. Make time. Forgo a grudge. Forgive an enemy. Listen more. Apologize if you were wrong. Be kind even if, if you weren't wrong. Try to understand. Flout envy. Examine the demands you make on others. Think first of someone else. Appreciate. Be kind. Be gentle. Laugh a little. Laugh a little more. Deserve confidence. Take up arms against malice. Decree complacency. Express gratitude. Go to church. Stay in church a little while longer than usual. Gladden the heart of a child. Take pleasure in the beauty and wonder of the earth. Speak your love. Speak it once again. Speak it even more loudly. Speak it quietly. Rejoice for the Lord is near. Okay, so now I'm going to talk, um, read from unitydailyword.com. Pray for others. I am a radiant light as I pray for others. The sacred act of praying for others reaches far beyond me. I envision my prayers as tiny but powerful beams of light, traveling from person to person and heart to heart, illuminating minds and lighting the path of peace for everyone. With each prayer, the light of God grows stronger until it surpasses negative thoughts and ideas becoming the prevalent force throughout the planet. God's light may be felt as energy for a tired body, peace for an anxious mind, and rest for a weary soul. This light is powerful enough to mend relationships and achieve peace between nations. Today and every day as I pray for others, I give thanks for the light of God, that binds all people as members of one family. And from 2 Thessalonians 1.11, hey, 1.1.1. We always pray for you, asking that our God will make you worthy of his call and and will fulfill by his power every good resolve and work of faith. So this is a letter from the Christophers, Tony Rossi's, my dear friend. He's the director of communications. Dear Eddie, in a season when the sun sets early, houses and communities decorated with Christmas lights are a welcome sight. And it's important to remember that in both Jewish and Christian traditions, Christian, light symbolizes God. 
So when we're drawn to the lights of Christmas or Hanukkah, for that matter, we're actually being drawn to the light of God, the one who promises us peace beyond all understanding, joy that will comfort our troubled hearts, and wisdom that will guide our paths. So every year, Tony sends me a free three minutes a day. And I guess he sends to me three because I used to be the TV director for their TV show, Christopher Close-Up. So um, I was getting him years ago and he still sends them to me. He sends a nice note like I just read parts of it. And then inside the Christophers, there's always um, a couple paragraphs from Mary Ellen Robinson, the president, Father Edward M. Doherty, board of directors, Father Dennis Cleary, the MM, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking M&M's, Master Media International, I don't know what it is. Dear friend, many years ago, the Christophers found the Father James Keller, M.M., <laughs> so it must be a priestly thing, right, wrote a prayer about hope, which includes the following lines. Hope looks for the good in people instead of harping on the worst. Hope opens doors where despair closes them. Hope discovers that we can be done instead of grumbling about what... No, I, I read that wrong. Hope discovers what can be done instead of grumbling about what cannot. <laughs> Hope draws its power from a deep trust in God and the basic goodness of mankind. Hope lights a candle instead of cursing the darkness. These words offer a wonderful summation of the Christopher's philosophy and the types of stories and reflections you will find in volume 56 of our annual Three Minutes a Day book. You don't need to tell us that the world is full of problems and challenges, but we are here to remind you that there are many stories of goodness, holiness, and overcoming struggles out there too that don't get as much attention. This book gives them the attention they deserve. By spending at least three minutes a day reading and reflecting on the entries, Bible quotes and prayers included here, we believe you'll be able to approach life with a more hopeful attitude. And with the conviction that the God who created you and loves you continues to be with you every step of the way. And when you accept this in your heart, your efforts to be a Christopher, a Christ-bearer, you will bear much fruit, making you a better reflection of God's divine love. Thank you, dear friend, for embracing the message of the Christophers. We pray that three minutes a day will serve as a practical spiritual guide that will improve your life and your relationship with God in the days ahead. God bless you. Thank you. This is received from Daily Practice Sacred Reading and Meditation from August Wilson. Confront the dark parts of yourself and work to banish them with illumination or forgiveness. Your willingness to wrestle with your demons will cause your angels to sing. And I had this one book years ago that I got 30 years ago. 
and it had an Advent wreath, first Sunday of Advent. I'm going to read a little bit. And then it had all different symbols for Christmas. And I did this last year. Um, but I wanted to read this for Advent. And I crossed out the bottom. So just one paragraph. The Advent wreath dates back to ancient celebrations of the winter solstice. That time in the year when the sun reaches its southernmost point in the heavens and the days are the darkest and most gloomy. I actually like the dark days. It helps me sleep better. <laughs> because they longed for the return of the sun's light and life, the ancients stopped all usual activity, sacrificed the use of their wagon wheels, and hung them up, festooned with lights and greens in their celebration halls. There, there they awaited the return of their sun god, thinking of the warmth and the life he brought. Celebrations culminated in the nativity of the sun, S-U-N, the turning point of the year. Very interesting, huh? Gonna have a little sip. I got orange juice today. I already had two cups of coffee, so I'm already caffeined up. This is received from Rev. Sally Robbins of Science of Mind. And it's called a prayer, pulled by vision, showing up and playing our part. In the perfection of this moment, I turn within to the divine essence of my being, in this place, I know no fear. In this place, I know no dis-ease. They put a little hyphen there. The never-changing, always unfolding nature spirit abides in me, and I am at peace. I behold the beauty of this holy instant and allow all the good in my life to manifest as it moves from the unseen to the seen. I view my life as spiritually perfect, and I rejoice. Though darkness may be a part of my experience, it is not where I live. I am one with the one, capital one. And I live and move and have my being with the one. I turn to the light within, and I shine from the innermost part of my soul. All answers are revealed as I lean into the source of all life, all good, all love. I show up in all areas of my life fully ready for whatever comes my way. I stand firm in the conviction of my being that I am the mouthpiece of spirit and the hands and feet of the divine. I show up as God as only I can. I show up as God as only I can. <laughs> little twist on words. I show up as love, kindness, courage. All who see me today are empowered to show up as their God self as well. Together we become the beautiful orchestra of life. No instrument outshines any other and each instrument perfectly plays its notes. The beautiful melody that is, is created uplifts and inspires. I rest in the knowledge that I am playing my part on the stage of life. 
I am a necessary player on this stage, and I bring my gifts and talents to the forefront. It does not serve me the world to play small, so I fearlessly and courageously present my full self to the world. I release anything that holds me back, and I joyously, joyously give thanks for the opportunity to serve. I gratefully play my part. And I was reading something. I was reading from Conversations with God, Neil Donald Walsh. And he was saying how um, the best way to manifest things is to be grateful that you already have them, that they're in your life already. And um, believe, believe, trust. And um, so I am grateful for many things in my life, for many things that are to come, that, that, not will, that might come that are, that will come. From daily practice, sacred reading and meditation. This quote is from Albert Einstein. We are slowed down sound and light waves, a walking bundle of frequencies tuned into the cosmos. We are souls dressed up in sacred biochemical garments and our bodies are the instruments through which our souls Play their music. Hmm. Very interesting. So, dear friends in the spirit, um, since um, I show you the three minutes a day book in the beginning, in the Christophers, I'm going to read from their last page. And there's a picture of Father Keller. It's an old picture. It's almost like a, like a Bing Crosby picture of Bob Hope. This says, Our father, Father James Keller, chose the following prayer attributed to St. Francis of Assisi as the prayer of the Christophers because it represents the potential for good that God instilled in each of us. And here's the prayer. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. And all of us together can say an amen. Amen. The prayer of St. Francis. So, dear friends in the spirit, um, happy Hanukkah. Happy the first Sunday of Advent. Remember, we are all a reflection of the light, of the light of God, of the light of Christ, the light of Jesus, the light of whoever you might pray to. 
um, the light in the stars, in the moon, in the sun. So thank you for listening. Don't forget to stay blessed and a blessing. Share your faith with family and friends. Cue the spirit. And before I say namaste, please keep me and, and my friend Ed Nicholson and a bunch of his friends. We're going to be playing next Saturday, Christmas in Ocean Grove, New Jersey. So we're going to do a worship set there. So keep us in your prayers and I will pray for you and your family, your friends, your community. Namaste. Thank you.